Hello, this is the Potters Podcast and welcome. How are you doing? Good. Counting down the days before we're allowed back out of those cages. Yeah, it's not going to be long now. Vaccines are going well, apparently. Have you been booked in for yours? No, I'm too young. Yeah, I'm too young. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's been mixed reports that it might not be coming at all now. Might be stalling. I mean, about 19 million people now. It's incredible. It makes you proud to be British, doesn't it, really? <laughs> makes you <laughs> proud. Patriotic. It does. I nearly put the music on from What's the Name on to make you feel proud. I'll be all that royalist. I love the Queen. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody said to me, why don't we have a national holiday to celebrate going out of the pandemic? It's not terrible ideas. It's, it's great, yeah. Another chance for people to do the booze and have a day off. Let's just know we don't go out of lockdown on a Wednesday. Yeah, there'll be somebody who says you have social distance on that <laughs> Just reminisce. Like. <laughs> For one day, you've just got to, you've just got to stay mask away on. from people, put your mask back on and... It's going to be weird not wearing a mask if it comes to that stage. I don't think it's going to be soon though, but... Yeah, I th- to be honest, because I wear one of them snoods and I don't even notice I've got it on. Yeah, I read up about them, you're not supposed to. Uh, well... There's always a law for everything, isn't there? Someone will always have to come in and say, Oh, no, you don't want to be wearing one of them. Yeah, but, that, but that's the law. They're going, Masks are worse. That little sweat box thing's right down your ears. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm quite proud that the vaccine's coming in, and as soon as the vaccine comes in, we can start going to games. From what we're hearing, I think, was it so many percent, is it 5%, 6% of the games can go, so 4,000, yeah. 6,000 crowds. They were saying, they were saying earlier this week on the radio that they might look at having these COVID cards where if you've been vaccinated or had a negative test to get everyone back in the grounds eventually. I I did hear mixed reviews about it, but the thing is, I think it's not that bad of an idea. If it's to get us on his feet, people will do it. Yeah. People, because I mean, the thing is, we sit here and we miss the football, but people miss going to gigs, going to Glastonbury and those yeah, sort of holidays, holidays. Oh, holiday, to be if, if we have to have these COVID cards or whatever they're sort of looking to implement, then to me, it's only a good thing. But the thing is, these COVID cards will they work abroad? Because we obviously like going watch football abroad, and you know, can we go to San Siro? using this card before he closes and can't go again. This card needs to be more powerful than the old debit card. He needs to pass the international times. Ah, I've got my Kobe card, let me through that door. <laughs> let me in the San Siro. Yeah, <laughs> knocked down soon, look, it's crumbling. It's crazy, isn't it, really? I mean, there's other things like, are oh, people going to be scared to go back out because of, will people wear masks and not want to go? Or? I don't think masks are going away anytime soon, even when we're back on our feet. I, I, I don't. I think people... Will always, I mean, there will be people who the minute someone says you're not, you don't have to wear them, they, they all go in the bin. Yeah. But for me, I don't think it kills you to keep one in the car or yeah, whatever. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't because the thing is, if you if you think when everything goes back to like proper back to normal, it could soon turn back again, just like that. Yeah, and yeah. when everyone's happy to have the life back, do you want to wreck that? I don't. No. So to me, me having this snood around my neck, I mean, when it goes off, maybe not. <laughs> I'll put it in my pocket, but I just think it doesn't kill me having one. I've got masks in the van, in the back of the van, so. But I don't think I've got to think about is it still, because of course we're in the, the South Stand where we sit, and the, the mayhem to go get a drink at half time where people literally are. I've ne- I mean, to be honest, I've never never been as close to people in that, in that queue for a drink than no. I've ever been through. Sometimes I feel like you've been. 
Benavides sometimes. Yeah, he touched in that crowd. <laughs> and you Ooh, know, no one's touched me there for a while. <laughs> oh God, what was that? That's a sensation. No, no. But it's it, you don't really know how people are going to react to that. Are they going to put a new system in place, which really should have come in a while ago, where there's only queuing queue, system. The queuing system, because there's a brilliant one at Blackburn when we went Blackburn away, where there's like a nice kiosk where you go round and to stop people. You I know, remember the Bradley was set up right though because it had them railings in between each queue line yeah. so that everybody queued and we're piling on top of each other. There have been a couple of grounds where it's it works a lot quicker. What worries me with the away stand is the bar isn't big enough anyway, is it? No, no. Not really. It's not like when you go in some of the, like in the booth and or on the main stand that there's a lot more a lot more places to get saved whereas in the well, have to, the problem is there as well as they can't build outwards because how close the banks and everything are to the actual ground it's not easy it's to not expand yeah it's hard to expand the backs to make them a bigger place to make things easier to get drinks on because there it's, it's like a little tiny kiosk isn't it yeah. where where it must be absolutely terrifying for those young girls and lads who are working there <laughs> you can't escape all yeah. these people running at you yeah. Give me a drink now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we don't sort of look at like you know when you go to the bigger games, you sort of have them little tents outside or because well, that's, that's what it comes to being outside where they should have kiosks. And yeah, the thing is, you go to the races and they have. I mean, when I went Adoc, they had this guy with like a tank on his back that had like a tube that come under his arm that had call in it. And you yeah. just come up to him and, and just said to Carl and then you go, yeah, and then you well, just I mean, Apparently I've read somewhere they are thinking of laxing the not drinking inside the ground rule as well, which I still to this day don't understand. I think that they could solve that by not sort of selling bottles, just where you have to have a pint and you can't you can't throw in an empty... Well, Birmingham did, didn't they? They threw a pint but someone caught it through back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they just worried about the, the the small minority that might abuse that fact. That's, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. A, a plastic cup, you're not even wearing yeah. stuff in it. You're not going to no. do any damage. And the price of a pint. Do you want to chuck a pint away nowadays? Well, that's the difference anyway. Because when you see the southern sides could up throwing them over the way end, it's, it's cheap up here. <laughs> four bottles. When when it's us, we're throwing empty ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you want it land right at the bottom, but it only goes about four rows. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, thinking about it, there's, there's quite a few things that need to change, like inside the ground and outside, really, for when things do kick back in. I mean, there was a good idea in wrestling that I found pretty funny, where they're actually not allowed to go inside the, I don't know what you call it, the, the back course, the concourse, yeah. and the, the person has to come round with his, with his like, spray, like you just said, to give people drink and food, and they have to take orders. Yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant, really, because I mean, when when we went the races, the queue was so long, and then he just come around the corner like a ghostbuster with this backpack on him. He sort of come around and he went, yeah, too calm. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> and he's thinking, that's just saved me the best part we're off, and now we're probably missing another race. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, it's because we've said this when we went West Ham where. That was funny how much. Just couldn't get a drink. He just literally couldn't buy it. That, that was funny when he went up to the kiosk and asked, can I, can I have an hot dog? He said, oh, it's a 40 minute wait. 40 minute wait? He's over. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, 10 to. going back in. Craziness. But yeah. yeah, I think wrestling have got it right. But speaking of wrestling, there was a, an incredible display on Thursday with probably one of the best big boots I've ever seen in my life come from our roof at Rangers. I haven't seen this. Yeah, he basically just kicked him in the face and then Adam <laughs> McCoyst 
come out on talk sport and went oh no he didn't mean it <laughs> kicked him in the face <laughs> it was like a Joe proper big boot that you know big show did and all that lot way yeah. it's like that straight in his face he didn't mean it that's a, that's a manga thing that. yeah I didn't mean it that no I didn't no, see it I didn't see that he's in front of you <laughs> no I didn't see it it's crazy as well Europa League has been I'm finding that more exciting than the Champions League at the moment well you've only got to look at Tottenham I mean Tottenham was sort of the only had score really I mean score one the game's over Really, from the first leg, there was yeah. two 0 up from the first leg. One goal that had seen them through. Yeah, and from two. Well, they were two 0 up at half time, and then they conceded two goals in the second half, and and then it, it, well, to be fair, a one strike won it, but an hat trick from that Osage, another player that Stoke will into a while ago. Yeah, you look at the team that played, and you think you, sh- you should you should be losing away there. No, so it's embarrassing. It's funny because it's. Because they've sat Pochettino to get Mourinho to win trophies and do better, and they just slowly got worse. worse yeah. <laughs> because he's, it's like you said last week, he's, a, he's sort of that same sort of manager. It's not his era anymore, I don't think. No, I think he's just one of his finished. ways. I think he's moved away from the Premier League. I think staying here for the last two jobs hasn't helped him. No. But anyway, it's not the Mourinho show. It's not the Mourinho show, and it's not the anything else show. So, right, we'll go into, before we kick, get started, we'll go in with. The player question now of course i'm smashing it at the moment seven six oh yeah after luckily to be fair luckily pulling carl muggleton at my ass so this week it's my time to go in now this person was born in dublin ireland but came through the stoke youth academy he broke through he joined the club in 1996 as a youth player got through to the first team in 1999 and then left the club for west town in 2005 and played awesome. over 264 appearances for Stoke City and two caps for Ireland. Now that's a big first clue, and I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's the that's what I can give you. Right, so as always, we do on the pod this time. We're going to be positive. It's positive this week after the last two weeks being absolutely hard to listen to, to be honest. So we're going to go in with the player ratings of Stoke v Derby. Let's yeah, go in. Let's do it. Right, so we'll go in straight away with. Adam Davis should be in every week. He's got ten clean sheets in fourteen and a half games this yeah, season, which is for me he's number one. Isn't he? there's, there's no, there's no two ways about it. I don't care if there's draws in there. Someone said to me at work on Friday, "Well, there's draws. It don't matter about draws. He's, he isn't putting the ball in the back of the net. He's keeping the ball from going in the net." And, yeah. and as far as I'm concerned, that record at this level is brilliant because every team is competitive in this division, and to get ten clean sheets in fourteen. That's an unreal return when you think he didn't kick a ball for us last year. Well, this is two games because we, we didn't obviously cover Swansea, but the, the thing is, this is probably the easiest one he had. God, he had nothing on, on target, but he's played two games in a row now, got two clean sheets. We're off the back of coming in, into bad form because of Angus Gunn, well, not because of Angus Gunn, but we've been in bad form till. Tuesday we played yeah, and play yesterday I think I think he needs to stay and stay no for, you know, for me I thought that before he got in I mean when he got injured when he, he sort of dropped him I thought why because uh, the time that he was injured I never sat there and thought well Gunn's been blistering every week I, I never sat there and thought he's been brilliant but no to be honest I, I still stand now that I think Bajic's a better goalkeeper than Gunn I, he had a great clean sheet record as well when he was in goal but I, mean, I still think it's between Bajic and Davies more than Gunn yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, don't, I don't understand why I got... For me, in January, I'd have loaned him away and tried to get a strike. It made no sense to me, the signing, anyway. No. I'm not, I can't sit here and say, well, 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 Gunn's been terrible. I can't, because 
I look at a lot of the goals we have conceded and I think, well, there ain't that many of them that are his fault. I think, I think he was last week against Middlesbrough, there was a couple of bad ones that were his. Yeah. But I mean, one the, of the longevity of it, I can't sit there and say, oh, well, but the thing is, Davies, for me, he's got he's got a worldly enemy in there where he can say, I've seen a couple this season in yeah. the doors where you think... I think he's a very good goalkeeper, yeah. to be honest. I think Bajic is as well. And yeah. I can understand why we signed Gunn, because... Obviously, back Butland had left, and we need, we we didn't know much about Bajic. Plus, Bajic was out on loan. Plus, we had about four. Did we have three injuries all in the space. Yeah, we were bringing everyone, and then we had Mount Pod who joined and never broke played. His finger. Broke his finger <laughs> and never never saw him after the month. So yeah. it's one of them. Then we brought Super Andy a lot of get in. So, you know, for me, it was just a chaotic month, wasn't it? Then, yeah. And then now, obviously, it's calmed down. And it's like, well, I'm going to Davies is the number one. Yeah, he's the number obvious. one now. And I, I, yeah. I hope he goes into the Euros as well as number one as well, because I think he'll do some real good and get, get a, good finally get a bit of credit on August. Might be able to sell for eight, nine, ten million if somebody is interested. So, I mean, I'll go over seven. I think he was solid. He didn't really yeah. do. He didn't have anything to do really, so I can't give him a lot. No, but so I'll knock that down to a six because, to be fair, he didn't have a lot to do. No, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the seven. It just proves to me that he is the right man for the job. And I think, to me, see, the defence seemed more secure when he's behind as well. Yeah. They, they don't seem as panicky when they've got Davis behind them. Yeah, they, they, well, they, they trust clean sheets say that all, really. Yeah. It's in there. They trust him, which gives breathes confidence in the back, the back four. Right, so now we on to the right side. And Tommy Smith, to be fair, got in some good, decent positions with... In, in the opposite area was doing quite well didn't put any killer balls in which was a bit of a shame but I did I, I thought he did alright he, yeah. he didn't do bad I mean to be fair he had no one running at him which is always a good thing because I don't think Derby play with wingers either I think they play with more of a central quite narrow so they couldn't really break down and get round Smith because yeah, I noticed Smith defending at centre off position at one point which tells you how narrow Derby yeah, plays yeah so. So, you know, I'll go over six. He yeah. wasn't a bad performance. He, no. he, he's just, he didn't have that cross in that could have created a chance or pushed people. I suppose at the moment with Tommy Smith, you just got to think, well, he's doing a great lot wrong, but he is consistently coming out and playing for us and not... I wouldn't sit there and say he's making bagfuls of mistakes, is he, every week? No. Who? Smith. Oh, yeah, he is. I don't, last two he hasn't last well two I, I, it's not that it's mistakes he, he just gets overrun too much and again if you know it's like the Middlesbrough game and every time we do get beaten it's because he's been beaten on that side and everything's coming through the left hand side of the opposition Yeah, like Balassi had all the space in the world but the thing is Balassi on his day as a player that can destroy most defences he's got his nosedive slightly but the thing is with Smith he, he, there's a reason why Collins has been in at right back instead of him because he just doesn't have it really He's defensive where I worry. When he, when he's when no one's running at him, he's fine. He's going but forward. He's good. When he's forward, he, do, he does look like a bit of a threat. But his, his final ball lets him down on occasion. But yeah, I thought he did all right. To be fair. Yeah, six. So I'd go with six. Right on the left side, Norrington Davies. To be fair, got some good real positions. Had a good good dog fight with Burn as well, of Derby. And it's the only shame I have with it is he just couldn't consistently put good balls in it seemed like one he was like McLean where it's like two out of five crosses are good 
and the rest are straight in the face, yeah, two on the two are high or, yeah, <laughs> two of them are brilliant, and the other yeah. ones are like, well, where's that going? Yeah. And, but to be honest, I really rate him. His graft, he's not the finished article, obviously. He, he's, not fin- he's not the finished article, so he's still new to playing, to be honest. He's only had limited football appearances. Yeah, so it's definitely a rough time. But I it. think there's a player there, if yeah. he could get permanently, that that's that position finally sorted for the next couple of years. I still think the fans are, the fans will love him. Uh, he will, because yeah. he's quick, he moves up and down well, he's a good player. Yeah. I mean, I'll go in again with a six, because I think if he brought a bit more consistency to those balls, to be fair, both wing-backs didn't have a lot to do, to be honest. No, it was a, it was a, it was a reasonably quiet game, wasn't it? Yeah, really? there was no width in Derby at all. No. You couldn't stand why they were in dogfight at the bottom end. Yeah, but they have picked up of late Derby. Yeah, so they have picked up. On paper, it's, it's a yeah. tough game, really, Derby. But I think Stoke have always been comfortable if you run through the middle. It's when wingers are flying everywhere, they just can't go. Yeah. Well, we've always said this, haven't we, that some pace can destroy us when, when it wants If it's to. down the wing, yeah. If, if there's any pace on the wings, we just can't cope with it at all. No. And it, it just cracks the defence over and we can't see it sort of out. Right, so now, Harry Suti had a good competition with Kazim Richards, a player that I've fought retired years ago. Yeah. But hasn't, he's, he's back. I, yeah, I saw him on an highlight reel whipping a ball and I was thinking, Kazim Richards, what's he in Turkey? Like <laughs> ten years ago, well, he went Turkey and went Greece, didn't he? And yeah. he's come back now on a few he's chance. What about footballer? In he, he was a good player. Yeah. He's an all right player. Got I think well over twenty odd appearances for Turkey as well. So yeah. you know, good player. He got good, good pedigree. Good pedigree behind him. I know he's getting on a bit now, but still looked all right. But I tell you what, I was had him in his pocket. Yeah. Most of that game restricted him to nothing. All he had was distance strikes because he just couldn't. Do you not think there was more of Kazim Richards was more of a winger? From what I remember of him. It's more well, like somebody got down the, down the line. He was he? more of a wingy in his younger days, especially at Brighton. Let's be honest, when he was at Brighton, he barely played for Brighton, and all of a sudden he was on the right hand side for Fenerbahce. But he yeah. was, he's like, where's he come from? <laughs> when did that Turkish official end up down the with him? Yeah, <laughs> it's quite crazy. But yeah, I think Suti dominated him, kept him in his pocket, kept him well at distant strikes, couldn't get him a bit of space to have a good, clear shot. And did his job very well. I'll go yeah. over eight to be fair, yeah. especially after the Middlesbrough game where Suter was poor. But these are the sort of games where he will learn from. The, the, the thing is, we we've seen top top draw performances from Suter this season, and then we've seen the odd one where you think, mm. but then just that's just learning a curve. So well, I think the thing is with Suter that he's, he is more consistent than the other defenders. He, he is. He, he do, even when he does have a bad game. He's still better than the ones next to him. I think he's his bad games don't outweigh his, his good games. Yeah, he's had more good, good games. Good he's, a very, he's a good centre back. It's a great find. And to be fair, after last week absolutely destroying the board, <laughs> I'll give him credit. It's a hell of a good signing for him. Some things have to be said sometimes. Yeah. So. The, the thing is, it was never. I know. I know. Obviously, we've had a bit. Had a bit of a people have had a dig this week saying we were a bit pretty negative. But for me, most of the aim was towards. The, the structure of what's going on not so much the owners or the player just the way things are dealt with more than yeah like, more than like oh I'm sitting here going right sell it to some Arab oil tycoon or no we were just on about the changing the way things are done in the future because the thing is alright suitors come in and most Stoke fans will sit there and go what a great great bit of business that is yeah. when he's come through the door but we need more of them to come through the door don't we Yeah, that's yeah. the thing Not just yeah, they are starting to come to yeah. be fair but it's, it isn't 
as quick as we'd like. And it's, for me, it's not the academy that's problems. We're going to talk about the academy later yeah. on because they've been amazing. But yeah, like I say, I'll go over eight. I've always eight, eight, I think it was a fantastic yeah. performance. And he's, obviously, he's obviously looked at what had gone on at Middlesbrough. Yeah, and then sort of come back and fight. Especially up against a good player like Richards, who's been around the block, played in World Cups, played Euros. Experience, yeah. He's got a lot of experience behind him. He's played. A yeah, it could have aggravated Suter to be yeah, fair. He kept in his pocket and he just couldn't couldn't cope with him. Right, so now we'll go with Danny Batts. And to be honest, he nearly scored, Danny Batts. He's such a good header of the ball, Danny Batts. He was caught for me it was it was sort of carbon copied for that game. Narrow team, yeah, narrow team. Base, dip, try build up slowly or go long ball, and he yeah. can just handle it. You know, but that, that game was made for Danny Bat, really. Sadly, he couldn't yeah. really ask for a better game for him as far as uh, defending. I bet he sort of lapped it up, really, because he had time to, he didn't have to make stupid runs back or yeah, be he, chased, he wasn't chasing the game. It, it, it was a perfect game for Danny Bat, really. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I thought he did well and he almost scored. And he, he, he just he looked calm and steady, and, and you can tell I think with Danny back within the first probably twenty minutes where you look at him and go yeah he's, he's settled there yeah because every ball the long ball that was coming up he was handling. I think that's I think that's partly why when you if you if you went and listened back to some of our pods last year when Danny back was in nearly every week you go bad good bad good bad good yeah, why yeah. because the different systems that teams play yeah I remember the West Brom game last year. Man Mountain, brilliant. And then I remember a couple of months later against Leeds, he got ripped apart because oh, yeah, of the pace. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Which Anybody would know pace, he just can't yeah. with can't But if it's a steady, a steady build-up team who try and play football and, and, and not really... not well, get, a long ball team, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah very slowable with the slow strikers and, yeah. and long balls. Yeah, he do well in Italy or somewhere like that, where the games are quite slow. Or Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could go anywhere. He, I'll go over seven. Yeah. Perform well. Did, yeah. No, I'll go eight. I'll go eight. He did. He played well. He he, he looked good. He, he was solid, did his job well. He looked comfortable as well. And that's... Because when he looked at him against Leeds, he looked like he was like, please suck me off. But, <laughs> but against Derby, he looked steady, he looked calm. Every ball came in, just bang it that away. He yeah. did well. Yeah, he's good. The thing is, we know he, he can be a good defender. He's proved that in games. Like I say, I just he, he is he is one player who needs man managing into certain games. Yeah. And whether he likes that or not, that's the truth. I think he's I think he's comfortable with that situation yeah. now because he's he's not the youngest anymore, is he? So no. what are you going to give him? I'll give him a seven. A good seven. Right. So now James Chester won his headers, tackled well. And to be honest, he became a bit of a build-up man. Picking the ball up from deep and pushing it forward, trying to get the ball forward. And I think that's good management for Michael O'Neill. We'll cover, we'll cover on Michael O'Neill later on. But I like Chester. I thought he, he was sort of pushing into an older midfield role when we had the ball. And, and we know why, because John Avery McCall. But to be fair to him, I thought he did well. I'll, I'll give him another eight out. Yeah, really I think well. obviously that, that just... He, Maybe you do you do need that in a back five as as somebody who can come forward slightly because you can't do it in every game but in certain games like yesterday's where the, the team there like Derby never really they were never piling people forward at any one time. No, they were, they were and, trying to pass over the top. It was yeah. quite simple football really. Yeah, and 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 you think well maybe if you're going to start 
playing football, you need a footballing centre-half who's going to come forward. If you're going to start coming forward and piling pressure on them, you don't want people... We've seen it with centre-halves at Stoke sometimes where it's like hot potato. Yeah. Get the ball and it's gone. Well, we, we need people to be a little bit, a bit calmer. Suter's calm on the ball, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Ch- Chester has always been quite calm on the ball. It's just when he's not with the ball, is he? <laughs> he just sort of runs around like he, he, he panics. But I think that's because there was no pressure from Derby as well. They weren't pressing us whenever we had the ball in, in the deep areas. They were just sort of like leaving it for us to play with and then they were putting the ball over it's the top. because really, even though they've picked up of late, you'd have think they'd have wanted come ours and, and get a positive result really yeah but they I, think, I think they're safe now Derby to be honest mm. I think they've done enough to stay safe now so I think it's just we're going to get to the end of the season keep them safe and then try and rebuild his own squad from that point Yeah. so like I say I'll go over eight as well I thought we did quite well Chester yeah can't really fault any that back line really it kept, it, it kept them quiet all day so I'll go eight as well Johnny McCall to be honest what having a positive podcast well to be honest he did make a couple of clever Balls in the final third, and this is the thing about what I've mentioned before about time. And because he wasn't as deep as he normally is in that holding midfield role, which I don't think he can do, he was he was more effective higher up the pitch. And I think it is something to do with positioning with, with Mikel. He's not an holding midfielder. No, that's that's what I'm getting from the way he's playing. Because Derby think... played quite well to me. I can't knock him. I don't really think. I, I don't even think. Really, Chelsea sort of ever nailed him down to somewhere either. Well, he never, he was never first choice. Apart from, I think, a two, three years spell, he was never first choice. He was always a filling man, wasn't Because, you know, he was there for, what, 11, 12 years and only yeah. played two, three hundred appearances. So yeah. that shows you that he was a filling man. He was sort of a filling yeah. man. Played good, good amount of football, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he, was, he ever grew into a first team player at Chelsea. And no. He did at Middlesbrough, though. He looked brilliant in the old midfield under Peels, but I think people, but you've got to remember Peels midfields don't play football, they're just enforcers for the back line. Yeah. So they don't really have to play great balls or keep the possession or yeah. anything like that. So that kind of a bit a lot to do with it. But because he had time on the ball, because there was no press from Derby, he, he looked all right. He yeah. moved the ball well. He he, he partners up with everyone. He looked. Showed his experience, didn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. If he do, if he plays that more often, yeah, keep him a contract. But it's it's when he he puts performances like he has done recently, where he just looks like a bystander that's costing his goals all the time. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I'll go in with it. I'll go in with a seven. I thought he did all right. To be fair, so towards the end of the game, there's some really clever balls from him, and it's like, well, why can't he do that regular? He, he's like you say, I don't think he's an old midfielder, is he? I think he'd probably be better as a centre mid, but I think Michael O'Neill's probably looked at it and he's just put him in that position for his experience more than anything. And to me, that's stupidity if that's the case. Because the thing is, he gets he does get overrun when he's when he's defensive. Because yeah, I just don't think he can defend properly. Well, I don't think he can't. He can't defend. I just don't think he can move quick enough. No, but well, he's hit that age, isn't he? Where he's not going to be able to do. So yeah, I'll go over seven. What are you going to do? Give him a six. <laughs> you just can't give him anything. Either. No, can't. You make your mind up on him now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I've seen that crossfield ball against Middlesbrough. That that was it for me. <laughs> I wonder if he thought he was still playing for Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> Have this ball. <laughs> oh God, no one's stoked now. <laughs> right, so we move into Joe Allen. Trying to be hard to be positive here, because to be fair, there was some good. There was a bit of neat footwork from him. 
But again, it was again same as over McCall. We were playing against a team that weren't pressurising us. Yeah. But for me, he still doesn't do enough. Yeah. For a man who's on the money, he's on. He isn't dominating games. He's a good player if you've got quality around him. Last year it was all right when he had that good spell in the second half of last season. He had Klukas with him. He was firing. Klukas was amazing at yeah. times last season, and I think that Alan profited off that and looked a bit like a. Sort of a fox in the box, he sort of popped up with the odd goal every now and again, and, and you're thinking, Joe's he's bringing something here. But it, it, it comes back to like you, you see ex pros saying it's a lot about partnerships. If you make a mistake, who's the man alongside you who's going to pick up after you? And sometimes that, that midfield needs to be knitted like that. So if one makes a mistake, the other one comes in behind or if, if, well, that's not the mop-up man into holding midfield. No, but what I'm saying is, is if sometimes if, if two central midfielders, they will help each other out at times. You know what I mean? If you make a run forward, he might drop drop just in behind you. Or and, and the thing is, Klukas was everywhere. Once he oh, was doing everything last, last year. season, Klukas was amazing. But I'm not going to go against that. He's my player of the year last year. And Joe looked for me. Joe looked more grounded instead of being everywhere and, and, and tiring come 60 minutes because he's tried to do 10 different jobs can never fault Joe Allen's work rate no, no, never but it's, it's, it's utilising that it's work rate now, yeah. that's the problem and the thing is I can't sit here now with Joe and go get him out the door because the, the thing is we need grafters in this division and sometimes it's going to be ugly and you're not going to like watching it, but I've said it last week, there's a massive gap from our, our defence to our attack. We look, I, I honestly thought at the end of last season, I sat there and went, didn't do that much up with our midfield. Klukas is firing on all cylinders, McLean's firing, it was brilliant. Joe's picked up no end. Do, do you know what I mean? You're sort of looking at it, and then you look at it now, sort of eight, nine months later, and you go, where's our midfield gone? Yeah. Where's that unity we had when he'll come in? Clickers never started. Strange the, the Clickers one is. It is because same with McLean as well. But both our first and the second place player of the years have not performed this season. No. I mean, I can't remember what Sam McLean played. I, I can sort of get on board with the McLean one because we all know what a problem it can be already. So mentally, you could sort of go, yeah, all right, but. Klukas had got Klukas when he first came to Stoke he was pushed to left back pushed in midfield pushed here pushed there and he we always sat there and went he's alright he's not brilliant but he's alright and then last season it was like he's our shining light in an awful side when, yeah, yeah. On, the, before Michael O'Neill come in and then obviously Michael O'Neill come in and you just see him go from strength to strength yeah, he started hitting balters in the top corner yeah. and he, he was brilliant Yeah, no question about it I mean I'll go in with another seven yeah. I thought Alan did all right but you know I can't, I, I've got to stop judging him on his wages and how much he cost and everything because we have to be realistic with what's going on now we, we, Alan's never going to be that star shining player because he never has been really he had a bit of a a love affair with Brendan Todgers when he brought took him to Liverpool and do you not think maybe sometimes the negativity can come from players who played for us in the Premier League in, in a way because there's always that sort of I always notice when he talks to any fans if it's about someone who played for us in the Prem there's like a negative energy towards them because it's like oh well 
we were there when we got relegated and do you know what I mean it, well, it can do yeah but the, the thing is it started that first season when we did go down the first one was Gary Rowett so we were we, we were jumping through circles there Joel had signed that new contract and was staying put so you know, we we were we're not always negative to Joel and because of that reason, it's just that I expected more from him. I expected the drop in level and drop in division for him to really pick up and, yeah. and dominate the championship. But he never but, has. But I think I think to be fair, if you ask a lot of, a lot of people that there've been a lot of players who dropped down that division, and you just thought they might have done better. Not just one. I mean, Butland was never. Let's face it, Butland dropped down and we all thought he'd go. We thought 100% he's going. He didn't. And he was making hours in the championship for us. I think the problem is with Jack Butland is I think he wanted to go when we dropped. Is he actually playing for Palace? He's not playing for Palace, yeah. Which is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it shows you how far he's dropped, really, that Guetta. But I knew that when he went there. I said, they've got a great goalkeeper there, Palace and Guetta. He's getting on a bit. But he's, he's a great goalkeeper, and I said, he, he won't get in there unless it's a cup match or yeah. whatever. They won't drop him for him. He's just a backup, and that, yeah. that's where jo- Butland's dropped to now. The thing yeah. is, he's left being Stoke number one, fair enough for next to no, no money, but I, d- I think his career's going to fade to nothing again. I think he'll be in the Championship soon, and you think, Jack Butland. Because he won't play at Palace unless that goalkeeper leaves or gets injured. Simple as that. Yeah. So, you know, going back into it, though, Joe Allen, like I say, I'll give him a seven. Right, Thompson. A bit of a Jekyll and Hyde character. I mean, to be fair... Some good, he did play some good cross-field balls. Oh, there's some great great balls. I mean, he got the assist for the goal. He also put the ball in for Danny Batts' header that was well saved by Roos. So, to be fair, his ball delivery is outstanding. It's just everything else. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I was watching a lot of time the way he was playing with the ball. He's, he he doesn't seem to inspire you when he's on the ball. He, he just sort of passes in. It's like an hot potato. It's like, oh, get rid of that, yeah. get rid of that. But then when he's got time, and he, if he learned to focus himself and go, right, I'll pick out Brownie with this ball, he could make a big impact in game. Do you not think he's a rough diamond there as well? He's took a big jump, Anthony, from Blackpool, really. Well, it's, it's a big jump, but the thing is, he came to Stoke as apparently a left winger, and isn't playing there. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot to him like. I think it's, it, I don't think it's a bad signing. I, I just don't think he's, best position, I just he? don't think he's ready for first team. But the problem is, he's so deadly on his on his board deliveries. His crossing's brilliant. Mm. I, I I wouldn't <coughs> say he's not ready for first team. I just wish there was. When I watch him, I just think, what is your position? What is your actual position? Well, it's because the inconsistency is in his yeah. playing. He's. I don't think he's used to play in the central areas. I think he's trying. Mm. And I think he's, he is le- trying to become a Klukas style player. Yeah. But he's got to be more impactful on the game. He's got to be right for him as well. And sit there and say, well, Michael O'Neill's put me here. If it's not right for you, and you can't get on board but with it. I, I think it is, because I think we have seen a big improvement in, in Thompson since he's played in the middle, rather than on the wings. But or we don't know personally what, what he's thinking about playing that position. Well, if he wants to go about Blackpool, that's that's <laughs> up to him at the end of the day. Isn't it? If Michael O'Neill has a system and he... He's, to be fair to Michael, he's getting some out of him. His performances are steadily improving. Yeah. Assists are coming in. He, he's tucked a few goals away this season. He, he is improving. There's something there... 
it's just he's got to start taking hold of this position now and yeah. making he a name a, for himself and yeah. making making him go yes I belong in the Stoke side and yeah. and start shining now he's 23 not far away from 24 so he's coming to his peak so I'm hoping next I'm hoping for big things next year from Thompson yeah I think if 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 he's if he's still in that sort of no man's land next year then it's one of them where you think well do you keep on to him or not do you keep hold on as well when he was under pressure he was able to make the turn make clever little passes but he just he doesn't impact games enough he's got to start either getting a bit of strength in his legs or making some clever runs and starting making impact he's really has he'll get a six from me yeah never. I don't think he did a great deal wrong but at the same time I mean his set pieces weren't great as well I know he got an assist and nearly got two assists but all the other ones were a bit hit and miss yeah. he's got to improve his consistency that's the thing yeah I, I think I'll stick with a six I, th I think but I do think he is a rough diamond a bit I do think that like you say maybe you, you, next season you might see a different player because there's plenty of times where you watch him and think he belongs on that side you watch him some days and think yeah he, he is he is the right man but then other times you think are you out of position? Where should you be? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, can't, I can't put my finger on Thompson. I haven't been able to since the day he signed. Mm. Right, Nick Powell. Lovely God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lovely cross for the brown breakthrough. Got it through to Thompson. I thought, okay, I tell you what, he gets kicked all the time. He does. Derby were just targeting just kicking him around yeah. all over the place and it affected his game because he couldn't get in the game because every time anyone was getting hit bang yeah. boosh on the floor he was going it was a bit of a shame really because you could see he was a bit up for this one because he hadn't scored for a while and I think he was up for trying to get another one I on think, his talent I think a lot I think a lot of teams target him I do I've seen it in other games where you think how's he not been booked for that yeah. it's blatant he's not even touched the ball it, it's like the managers look at Powell as an easy target for wind up I think they book. I think they go into him because he is Stokes' only linchpin. Real, he's the only this season. He's, only, he's, he's been the only midfielder that's been doing anything. Player really. season, really. Isn't he? Uh, well, I don't know. I think Suter is still in with a shout at that. I think Paul. I think Paul's been. I think Paul's been brilliant at times. What did you say last season, right, Nick Paul? I just thought he was quite laboured at times. I just thought he drifted in and out of games. But I think because we're so short up top this year. Powell's come into his own and made yeah. it feel like that it's his position, like it's him who's going to make everything happen. Well, you know, I can remember what he said last year. He said he, he's, he's not good enough and needs to go back Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it's a mentality thing, isn't it? It's, it's obviously a mentality thing because he maybe he likes being that on well, the big time Charlie up here. I'm the one creating all the goals, and he and he, and he has been. He was Wigan, had, yeah. He was a crew as well. Yeah. I think when he first came Stoke, there was a lot of people around him, weren't there? There was a lot of different players who were up top and he played in behind. Whereas this year, it's been him and Fletcher most of the time, hasn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, the main, as well, main threat, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't think he played well, really, though. I mean, apart from that little bit of magic, he, he did have a very quiet game. Not hardly his fault, a lot of it was getting kicked kicked all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I'll go over six again. I'm going to I love him. <laughs> right so for me now we're going to go into man of the match and we well you slagged him off quite bad last week and I think we should all go down to Rob Shine because it's Jacob Brown 
absolutely fantastic weight rates all over the place tirelessly moved around wouldn't wouldn't give up and took his head beautifully he does yeah it was like it's that time it's a good ball as well it's a good cross and, and the thing is he's he sort of ghosted past the, the back line stayed on side and made it look pretty easy in the end really didn't he yeah it was good good place good finish and this is what I mean about the rough diamonds Thompson was another one as well where if he brings consistency like this into the game, but to be fair, it was a little, it was a slow back line, no zonal press, an awful defending. I don't, I'm not taking anything away from Brown, but if I've watched it back a couple of times, and if you watch, there must be four or five Derby players ball watching when he wanders through. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I can't take anything away from Brown because he can only do what's what what he can what he can, and the thing is, he's he's. He's waiting for the ball and he's just wandered in and then before we know it, he's dropped his shoulder and, and he's and he's got and he's got the header and, and it's a good finish but defensively it was poor from Dorf. Yeah, <laughs> it was very poor. poor. I mean, it was unlucky not to get two. I mean, the ball fell to the goalkeeper and fell to him. It was a good it, save from the keeper. But he put it into the side net. He yeah. was, it was a good, he had a good game to be fair. Um, played. He, I like him when he plays on the shoulders like that and then breaks forward trying to get into space never stopped working and after the recent performances that he has been he has sort of come out and gone middle finger to the knockers i.e. us <laughs> so he's yeah, but you can't sit here every week and like not criticise somebody if, if you don't think they're playing well at the end of the day if he comes out the next week and plays well then I'll stand there and put my hands up and say well done to him because the thing is like you say probably he, he could have had a brace yesterday maybe even more you don't know yeah, but He's getting with the injuries and the the lack of quality we've got up top. Brown's getting a run of games and slowly now and again seeing these improvements in him. So I can't I can't sit here and slate him this week because if he looked like anyone was going to score, it was Brown yesterday. So yeah, he did well. I'll, I'll go over nine. I yeah. he was Brown of the match Yeah, easily. Easily played very well. Yeah. If he'd scored two, there were two chances. It could have been a ten. Yeah. He played really well. Can't knock him at all. We have to apologise for last week's. Just listened, Redrick. Must have listened listen to our to our slate to him and gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I better put, put my ideas up. I'll, I'll get a nine this week. You <laughs> and he's got a nine. So it's yeah, I've got a nine. <laughs> I've got a nine on Potter's podcast. I must be doing well. So yeah, well done to Jacob Brown, man of the match of the week. So now we'll move on to. Michael O'Neill's tactics and I think to be honest he'll be getting an 8 from me this week um, yeah the thing is obviously after the Middlesbrough game I was looking at it thinking we are going absolutely nosedive and in the space of 7 days we've gone back 4 months where we look yeah. hard to beat yeah. and what do you reckon that is? I think the first thing would have been Davis, which I've said before. Yeah, Retainer Davis. You said Retainer Davis without a shadow of a doubt. And that, for me, proves how much confidence that back line get from Davis. It, it, honestly, it can be something so stupid like that. If you know you've got a good goalkeeper behind you as a defender, he's like an ex, another man alongside you, in my yeah. opinion. I, I just think he, he, sometimes you see certain defences, like if you'd had Aurelio Gomez behind you. At Watford, yeah. you've been breaking it, wouldn't you? Playing What's he doing? You thinking if I if I don't get this player now, we're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't had this, you'll even headbutt me or <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just think if you know you've got a top top draw goalkeeper behind you, it makes a massive difference, and it makes them that that back line play with a little bit more confidence. Then if they do make a mistake, 
they've got Davis behind for pick up the pieces and, and for me they, we just didn't have that with Gunn I'm not saying he's it's, it's the sole reason but not much has changed as far as team selection is concerned yeah. but Davis is coming and I know it sounds a bit too simple but it's pretty it's pretty damning really isn't it yeah. can't sit there and look at the other ten and go Oh well, he's changed loads. He hasn't changed anything really, has he? I, I think he has. What what I'll go in with the game is that I can see what he's done. He's decided to not have a holding midfielder and got him with a fat a flat three in midfield. And, yeah. And then basically, Johnny McCall and Chester share that holding midfield role. So when they've got possession, Chester pushes up and becomes that holder, and then pushes J McCall further forward yeah. to be that third midfielder to try and keep possession and try to create things and it worked yeah. I mean Chester was brilliant in that in the forward thinking area and then as soon as the ball was passed dropped back into the defensive third I thought it was a clever system I think Michael Luna got it absolutely spot on got it spot on against Cardiff just, just get it just get a point get a draw I think that, I mean I, I saw quite a few negative comments about the Cardiff game but when it could at the end of the game I thought it's actually not a bad result away from home on a Tuesday night that really especially Cardiff, Cardiff aren't terrible either to be honest they're not they're bad similar to us really Cardiff just a bit a bit missing quality but that solution didn't they yeah yeah because yeah, they've had a lot of changes over the last few years haven't they really yeah, yeah since Warnock's left they, they've sort yeah. of fell off a cliff haven't they really yeah and, like, but they're still not a bad side no they aren't a bad side they've got some decent players it's the sort of game in past where you'd have gone down there and got a thumpy yeah but I mean, it wasn't the best game, Cardiff. No, no, it wasn't the best game. <laughs> I think we both, I think both Cardiff fans are sit there and say we could have played till throughout. Well, but, but I think it's what Stoke needed after recent results needed just a calm Stop point. Stop the Because that's the problem what's been going on because at the start of the season, when we were playing poor, we were still getting a point. We were still drawing. Yeah. Second half of the season, we were losing them ones we should have been drawing. Yeah. There's been a, quite a few that have been happening and I think it's been good from Michael O'Neill to Right, Obi Kellett working in that position, he's getting yeah. too hard, like he's getting overrun too much. He hasn't got the legs to do that role. Let's share it between two people and try to get the best out of what he can. And he did, we got the points, yeah. got three good points against Derby, and we're safe for another season. Yeah, and he's obviously looked at the goalkeeping position and thought, we're shipping goals for fun here, we need to change something. And the thing is, you've got three three good goalkeepers there competing for one position. There's got to be healthy competition, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the thing with Gunn is he's on loan. So if he gets dropped out the Stoke side, it's no no skin off his nose really, is it? Because he's not stopping anyway. Whereas like if it was Bergic shipping goals, he'd be like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to lose my number one spot. Yeah. So there's more there's more emphasis on staying in. To me, loaning a goalkeeper in is not. I don't, I just I would never do it if it was me. Loan midfielders in, strikers, defenders, whatever. I wouldn't do it with a goalkeeper. Well, you paid an example of Sheffield United when. Dean Henderson went back to United and brought Ramsdale in from relegated Bournemouth. Look at him now, the plumbing yeah, like Stone. Like Stone. Like, literally it's, one of the worst teams I've seen in the year. not good business, loaning a goalkeeper. Don't care who the goalkeeper is, it's not good business. To me, we've got two more than capable goalkeepers there who are on the books. So, yeah. for me, it's between them two. Let them two fight it out for that position and scrap for being that number one spot because they're both hungry and they're both top goalkeepers yeah and exactly to me I don't don't see the point in gun stopping I wouldn't, I wouldn't play him again this season and I know that sounds harsh on him but I wouldn't no I would and, it, and it's not through footballing reasons it's more through business reasons let's keep these two happy because there's already been talk 
of interest in Basic this week. Yeah, yeah. From other clubs. And, yeah. Basic for me it needs to be looked after in possibility of being future number one in a couple yeah. of years. Because the thing is, I think I think he's a better goalkeeper than Gordon. I think Gordon's got too many mistakes in him. Yeah. We saw that at Southampton. Yeah. He's shown it a few times this season. Not many, he hasn't been terrible. But I just don't think he's as good as Davies. And Bergic's just too promising yeah. to not make number two next season. Yeah. Number one shape for Davies, number 13 shape for Bergic. Yeah, just have another kid as a number three. Well, we've got Blondie, haven't we? So we've got yeah. Blondie. Yeah. So... I think we're fine for goalkeepers. And for me, it was a freak incident when we got all our injuries. How many other clubs can sit there and go, oh, we had, th- we had we had an injury, then we had another, then we had an emergency loan and he got injured, didn't we? Yeah. You just think... And to be fair, Monaghan didn't do too bad in the one, one appearance he did make. It was it Leicester. He played one match, didn't he? And he, yeah. he did all right, really, to be fair. So I can't, I can't knock him. So, like I say, yeah, I'll give him an eight. What are you going to go? I'll say eight. Yeah, it's a good performance from Michael yeah. O'Neill and hopefully now those people who've been slated him and say want him out for Chris Wilder, let's just calm down a bit. Right, so now we're going to question, yeah, not sorry, question, clue two to, to, to the question because you obviously need Paul Level this week. Right, he left Stoke in 2005 for West Ham United yeah. but only played twice for them. He then moved on a year later to Sunderland where he only played four times as well. And in that spell, I had a loan spell, a season-long loan spell at Coventry and Leicester City and only played 14 games in those loan spells. So leaving Stoke was a bit of a bad act, yeah, to be it. honest. And that's clue two. Have you got any idea? I'll have to think about it. I would normally think about it in player ratings, but <laughs> just completely didn't think about it. So. <laughs> yeah, so in 2005, he left Stoke for West Ham United after playing quite a lot of football for Stoke. Played over 264 appearances for Stoke City and he's Irish and he's Irish is he Irish or is he like yeah he's from Irish he was born in Dublin Ireland he's, he's from Ireland right so now we'll move into something that's been happening this week which has been quite good actually not just quite good it's been absolutely amazing is Russell's youth academy team that are untouchable at the moment seven straight wins seven straight wins from the young lads and, and for me with how dodgy off up front like first team all, I don't know why we aren't looking more into these. No. I mean, I know Norton got on against Cardiff, and I think Michael O'Neill had something to say about Norton. And yeah, he, he, he come out this week and said that um, he's got a great attitude and he's he's got a good physicality to him, but he is still a little bit of scruffy up front, which was a strange choice of words. But he's obviously on the cusp of getting the nod, isn't he? He's getting talked about. Oh, yeah, well, he's, he's playing. He's, he's got he's got a sort of appearance now, so he's up and running. Yeah, he, he, he's sort of obviously showing Michael O'Neill that he's that he's willing to graft and, and try and get in. The thing is, when you look at the state of the front line, there's no harm in looking at these kids. They can they can't do any worse than what what's going on at the moment. Well, especially the former in there. I think the top of the. The, second, the second, second, second tier. Yeah. Oh, second, sorry, in the in the thing. So there's a chance of us getting promoted from the youth levels. Yeah. You've got to be doing, you've got to look at him. You've got to give real credit to Russell as well. Russell, yeah. Russell you know, ex-Stoke player, I played for the club a while, good player, actually, I remember him when I was young. Rooster. <laughs> Rooster Russell. And, uh, you, you know, you've got to look at these players, right, Phil just joined that select few players now. From and the ground running, really. And he's been playing away. well as soon as he's gone in. I mean, to be honest, I've, somebody asked me a question, would you push through? And I, I, I think that Forrester needs to go in. I do. Against, say, a Wickham, I would have put a Forrester in, just see what yeah. he can do. Because we're not going to go up and we're not going to go down now. So yeah. just put Forrester in, see what he can do. 
Yeah. Can't be any worse than Danny Bats. I know Bats done alright today, like we've already said, but Forrest needs these games and if he comes in and becomes another average shooter, we've got two top quality young defenders. Yeah. Pushing is, pushing through. To me you've got you still got this like with Norton. I mean it's like obviously midweek, Fletcher went down again injured. Yeah. And we are doing me wrong since Tari's got injured with we have relied on Fletch and but the thing is, I said it about Ryan before, he is close to being finished, Fletch, and he can't stay on the pitch for very long at all. I, I don't think he'll, unless he, I don't know if he goes Scotland, but for me, I can't see him. He's a substitute, substitute, I'll get it right, straight, that's too many S's, that doesn't work. Yeah, God's sake. Fair He's time. a sub-striker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see that. He's a sub-striker, and if he was at another club, where you could bring him on with half an hour ago, he could nick you a goal. He's good at he's good in the box and he's good at reading the game. He can yeah. just nick you a little tapping here and there. He's seen that with him this year. He's not someone you're going to rely on for forty six games. Well, it's proved this season we can't rely on him. Can't rely on I him think this is his fifth injury. It's his fifth or sixth injury he's had yeah. now. Fair enough, the niggly ones, the odd ones that keep him out for months and months, but they do have an impact because. It means Michael O'Neill can't build a team round him, and he's having to change things round. Got no consistency up top. Yeah, that's the thing. Got no consistency up top. He can't do anything about Campbell's injury because it's an all-season. It's a major injury. Yeah, but you've got to, as a manager, you've got to. Once that injury comes in, you're probably looking at Fletcher going right. Who am I going to partner with him? Who's going to play up top with him? Yeah, every week, and then just have the odd change here and there for midweek games or cup games. But the problem is, he's in, then he's out, then he's in, then he's well, out. If you go back to the start of the season, if you remember, Fletcher got injured straight away, didn't he? Yeah. But he was playing Vokes more than Fletcher at that point. And I think he had faith in Vokes and thought this season, he said to him, right, you're going to be number one. And we brought Fletcher in to sort of cover you and all that one. Mm, yeah. But then Vokes has ended up proving that he's as poor as he's been and yeah. proved that he ain't good enough for where we are. And Fletcher's then been forced to come in as the first choice. Yeah. And he hadn't got the legs. It's why Sheffield Wednesday let him go. He was their best player last year. But they let him go because, because of his injury problems. Yeah. So, and it's why he wanted a two-year contract. Because he knows if he gets a one-year, that club will let him go. He, he knows if he'd signed a one-year contract, that Stoke still would have let him go at the end of the season because of his injury problems. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. And he's Asian, well, I know that as well. Yeah, yeah. He's not daft. No. He's got exactly what he wanted at Stoke. A two-year deal, two years of football, two years yeah. of wages. But then at the same time, if Stoke recruit properly in the summer, and or if, if he looks at some of the kids, and we get a good front line, then I don't mind Fletcher staying and being on the bench. No, I don't. I, because if he can have that rest, then we can keep him fit. Yeah. That's the reality. Will stay, he'll, he'll be fit for more games than he is injured. Yeah. If he's a substitute striker, the problem is if he if he's in every week, we'll have the same problem we've had this year. We can't do it. Can't rely on him, and and it's a shame because he has played well for Stoke when he has played. I can't. Yeah, I I don't mind staying. No, I don't. I, 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 I think it's been good. I, yeah. I can't sit here and go, he's been terrible. Like I say, he's a good player. It's just the, the only downside to Stephen Fletcher is his, his injury problems. Yeah. But everything else, it's like I can remember when Hoekstra played for the club. Hoekstra was. For me, one of the best players I've ever seen, especially in a Stoke shape. People talk about Arnie and all these ones. I've never seen to, I've never seen quality like Hoogster in Stoke, ever. No. He's a player that never really should have played for Stoke City. 
but because of his injury problems he was just trying to get contracts that will keep his career going yeah. so he comes Stoke and he was amazing the, the performance against Reading alone was his footballer dreams the way he just murdered them he just couldn't keep him yeah. still now I'm not putting Fletcher on that same level but it's the same level as in the injury problems because he just couldn't keep him fit yeah. and it happens he's 33 he's getting on a bit he's, he's had a couple of serious knocks in his career and they just don't nick right and when you get older they start dragging yeah I don't find the situation frustrating I find it upsetting in a way because when it's somebody that does well for your club then it's upsetting that you can't keep them fit because you know what they can do when they, when they, when they are fit and, and that's the thing and, it's like any anybody, if, you, if they keep getting injured as hard as he says, it's like we all sit here at the start of the season and go, yeah, we wanted Ryan Bakker, captain the club, yeah. let's get us out of this division. But you knew, you, you knew deep down it, it just wasn't going to happen and it was more upsetting thinking, what a way to go out, how he's gone out, how he's left the club. Yeah. Especially for Ryan, because like I say, he's a club legend. Really. Well, I, f- I think Ryan needed it, to be honest. I've, I've said this before now, I think Ryan needed that move, because mm-hmm. he was getting retired at the end of the season if he carried on the way it was going, because yeah. he just couldn't get himself fit, and a move abroad probably help his knee or whatever, or his back, and it, it makes sense. But Stephen Fletcher's a shame, because for Sam Vokes, it's just an absolute waste of time. You know, Fletcher has come and done it. It's, it's getting him out again. That's always going to be the problem with Stoke now. It's just going to be a, a constant cycle of, can we get rid of him? Can we get rid of him? And it'll be loan spells till we can finally shift him out fully. But Fletcher has been a bit of a shining light out of the transfers we made this season. He has, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, he, he's like I say, if we can recruit Rad, I, I do think it, it won't bother me him being at the club another year. Because I do think he can nick you a goal, and he can and he can fill in in cup games and and whatever else. He, he's not been a bad signing. It, when he does go, I, I, I won't be. I'll sort of go. Yeah, thanks, Flats. You did you did well in some sticky situations for us where we had literally nothing going forward, and you were still scoring goals for us. Yeah, yeah. He's he's he's, he's been all right to be fair, Flats. And like you say, just a shame that he can't stay fit. Because the thing is, if he kept him fit, you notice when he's had a run of games with Stoke, he's been quite quite prolific in front of goal. Yeah, he, yeah, he takes his chances. He, yeah. He's a good player. You can see why he's played in the Premier League. You can, you can see he's a good player. You can see why big money's been spent. You've got to remember, Wolves bought him for £15 million in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Then well, he has a for nine as well. Yeah, he's been around. He's, yeah. But I think he's a good think. Like I say, I don't mind staying on because there's worse players in the side. Really, the problem with Vokes is his, his price tag. Yeah, that's, yeah, like that's killed him. Yeah, I think also though when you look about the youngsters, for me, instead of bringing on players like Vokes and killing off his games, just just give the youngsters a game. Just yeah. play the young lads. Yeah. There's no point bringing Vokes on anymore. I thought you were going to scouts then. Bring the middle heads on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just bring, the, just bring the young lads in. Start bringing them in. Bring, have, a, have a bench full of kids. Just bring all the kids on there and go, right, I'll use you. Forrest will bring you on now. Chester will look a bit tired or whatever. Or, you know, Norton will get you up front. How much worse can Mark Phillips be than Vokes? That's what I mean. <laughs> but it's not just them positions. It's everywhere else on the pitch. It's like Tashin and Booth. I mean, he hasn't, showing the promise he needs a loan spell to be honest for me these kids they need to start getting in so they know they've got a future at Stoke I expected more Tosh yeah I did I did I'll be honest I was was a bit disappointed by him 
early yeah. early season he, he looked he looked quite decent so yeah because there was a lot of uh, glimpse when you sort of realise well why would Tottenham let him go for next to nothing if if they did so he, he could be a little gem that, that sparks the life after a loan yeah. spell or whatever but at the moment he's got to improve right so now we'll go into the third and final clue are you ready got to be on <laughs> right right he played centre back left back and left wing in his footballing career he had to retire through to health problems right. and then became a football agent and a well known football agent after retiring from football yeah that's it that's all you're for a clue and obviously of course he played twice for his national side he should never left Stoke <laughs> basically <laughs> have you got a clue no I'm not way off this week. Have you haven't got a clue? No. Am I going to stay in the league for another week? Yeah, thank you, mate. Right, have you given up? Yeah, go on. Right, so this person played 264 times for Stoke, majority played left back, played twice for his country at half time whilst he was playing on loan at Leicester, collapsed, suffering a cardiac arrest in the changing room, which caused him the, the game to be abandoned at half time and caused him to retire from football when he, he pushed himself into football agency. He was quite a good player for Stoke, played for the club for a long time, had a testimonial, and his name's Clive Clark. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. You wouldn't have got Clive Clark? No. I just wouldn't. I was, do you know, I was looking at a thingy the other day. I was looking at a team photo from about 2007. You look at it and you go back and name every one of them people on that, on that team sheet. There's always about four or five who you go, is it? I can't remember him playing for Stoke. He just turned up for one season and leave. With Clive Clark, I'd probably, if somebody pushed me position by position, build the ultimate Stoke side, because I nearly put him in. On your 1 to 11. On my 1 to 11. But I did, I just couldn't not put Carl Ifkins in, because he was mm. a, a brilliant player to me. Clive Clark's probably the best left back I've seen in Stoke, because of the longevity. You've got to remember, he was, he was left back for nine years at Stoke. Yeah. He was there a long time. He was captain for about three years as well. A long servant to the club. He went on to West Ham, obviously, because they got promoted to the Premier League. But it didn't really work out for him at West Ham. He then moved on to Sunderland when they got relegated. I think it was, I think it was Roy, uh, Roy Keane was in charge when he went to Sunderland. But it didn't quite work out for him there. And yeah, he got sucked quite soon, didn't he? Yeah. When he went up. And then he went um, on to loan spells at Coventry. who got relegated as well at that point, and then ended his career at Leicester but he didn't really have much of a career because he's a relegator <laughs> well he got he got that seriously he had a cardiac arrest and it almost died as well I mean it was a horrible thing everyone thought he was going to pass away and luckily survived and, and has gone on to be a successful agent in the game I don't think you remember much of Clive Clark by the sounds of it do you I, I, don't know. I, I don't know my mind's been a bit blank today I knew he'd lose the point today yeah I don't know why I, I need Right, so obviously an exciting times coming up this weekend. Uh, international break is coming up. Are you excited about that having no football this weekend? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when I was younger I used to love international break? I used to get dead excited for England games. Yeah. And I don't know why, as I got older, it, the excitement's just dipped. I don't know if it's the sheer failure year after year that, that makes you lose interest. But. I, d- I don't know. I'm, I'm all right with the tournaments. I get dead excited for the tournaments like World Cups and Euro. Well, we picked up last tournament, yeah. didn't we? No, we always do anyway. Yeah. Any final, I always get excited. Except the ones we didn't qualify when, or was it when Wally? 2007. Yeah, Wally and the Broly turned up. Yeah. But 
yeah, I'd, I'd, I just got no interest in qualifiers or friendlies or the, or the new Super Tournament, whatever oh, it's yes. called, that Nations League. Oh, League. Nations League, no one even knows who's through. Who's I, not through. I, don't, I don't know who's won it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't give a monkey. You've, you've gone out of the tournament, but we're still in the World Cup. Though. But we've got a few players going out on international duty. Joe's going, Rabbi Matondo's going somehow. I haven't <laughs> really played twice. So he, he's going, um, Davies obviously going, he's fighting for the number one position over Danny Ward who's Leicester's number three goalkeeper at the moment so well the thing is going back to Rabbi Matondo it might be a good move for him to go out and play a bit of football with his national side I don't think he'll play I just think he'll be on the bench he might do him a bit of good just get out of his surroundings five and he's only been around his surroundings (laughs) (laughs) one funny (laughs) just sort of clear his head a bit you never know he might come back a different play because you do see that, don't you? Some players go on international, come back and like lost the edge a bit, and then other times you can wait the other way. I know. Players can go have a good couple, have a good week, and then sort of kick on when they come back. Well, I don't know what's happened, but we've all, all of a sudden become the Wales international team at the moment. So you like to players. I thought when Michael O'Neill come in, it'd be Northern Irish players left, right, and centre. But it isn't. It's yeah. all it's all Welsh. He loves a Welsh fella, doesn't he? Yeah. He loves it from the valleys. He yeah. loves it, you know. Yeah, we're just, we're just surrounded by Welsh people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah, so you aren't excited, I'm not excited. We haven't yeah. got a game now for a, a week, really, so we'll do another podcast next week. We'll probably do a special, actually, next week. We'll do a bit of research. And well, it, does us, it does us no favours when you sort of, we've been on a bit of a bad run and then we pick back up and we get a result. You want to go again and play again, don't yeah. you? It's, it's uh, it's not ideal, but it's just one of the things you have to deal with. Yeah, it is. And on that note, I think we'll give it a, give it a rest. We're on all podcast platforms. We're on all social media. We're we're on everything now. Amazon <laughs> as well. Everything. There's no excuses anymore. Tell your friends, please. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. All the best.